Welcome to Sports BKC, the Kansas City Stars Daily Sports Podcast. It's Thursday, June 4th, and I'm Blair Kirkhoff. On today's show, we talk about the biggest NFL story to come out of the nationwide protest this week. It involves the New Orleans Saints and star quarterback Drew Brees. On Wednesday, an interview with Brees aired where he reiterated his stance about standing for the national anthem, saying it's disrespectful to those who serve, that is, those who don't stand or kneel for the anthem. Teammates and many around the NFL, including several members of the Chiefs, took to social media to condemn Brees, strongly suggesting that the protest isn't about how a person feels about the military, but about racial injustice, which has been at the heart of the protests around the nation over the past week. Who in Kansas City knows the Saints better than Herbie Teope? He's the Chiefs beat writer for the Star, but from 2016 until the second week of the previous NFL season, he was in New Orleans working for the newspaper and NFL network there covering the Saints. Nobody outside the bayou knows the situation better. So here's Herbie on the hottest topic in the NFL. Hey Herbie, how you doing? Hey, I'm well, thanks. Blair, how about you? I'm doing great. It's great to have you here. Hey, is the air conditioning fixed? Well, because I live in such an old building, uh, it it takes at least 24 to 48 hours for the air conditioning to kick in. So it's it's, it's a process right now. That's that's all I can say. It's a process. (laughs) Oh, man. Well, it's supposed to be like it's in the 90s these days before before it's even summer. So but but you are used to the heat because uh, you went from Kansas City to New Orleans before returning to Kansas City. And New Orleans is where I wanted to go with our with our conversation, because that's where a lot of the national news, not just sports news, but the national news has been in the last I don't know, 24 to 36 hours. And because you covered the, the Saints from if I got the years right, 16 to 19, Correct. Uh, for, for the Times-Picayune slash New Orleans Advocate, and then you know you were based in New Orleans working for the NFL Network and NFL.com, you are well-versed in the Saints. So let me let me see if I've got this right. I want to see if I got the timeline right here, and then and then we'll then I want to hear what you have to say about it. But So sometime on Wednesday, Drew Brees did an interview for, or at least it ran, for, for Yahoo Finance. You know, not, not your usual sports outlet, but Yahoo Finance, where he just kind of repeated a position that he has always had, which is that he says by not standing at attention for the national anthem was dis- is disrespectful because both of his, I think, grandfathers, he said, served in World War II, one in the Army, one in the Marine Corps. And so that that interview gets out, and boy, did the backlash hit. Um it came from from teammates like Malcolm Jenkins and Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara, former teammates, current teammates, and then players from around the NFL, players, even Chiefs like Teran Matthew and Traverius Ward. And, 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 this, and these players were making the point that kneeling or not standing at attention for the anthem isn't un-American, it's not anti-patriotic. And, um, and the, the, the reason they, they were doing it then, which was in light of the Colin Kaepernick uh, protest was to call attention to racial injustice at the hands, usually at the hands of police officers. And of course, you know, the reason the whole thing came up was because of the protests that we're seeing around the country now. And, and, um, so my first reaction was just, you know, maybe Drew Brees didn't read the room very well when he, when he made the comments and boy, his, his teammates and others around the NFL let him know that in a big way, 
So my, I guess my question to you, my very long-winded winded question to you is, since you know the landscape there so well, and you were in the clubhouse, the clubhouse, the locker room with these guys uh, in the last four years, I imagine none of this comes as a big surprise to you the way it's played out. It doesn't come as a surprise, and, and, and I'll say this. Breeze's response to the question also didn't come as a surprise. Let's, let's go back in the time machine here. 2016, right. Colin Kaepernick started to kneel during preseason games. Okay, and, it, and it, obviously that makes national headlines. Breeze was asked about it back then, and he basically said the same thing that he said yesterday, that the reason why he doesn't agree with that stance is because of his background, his father's background. Let's fast forward to 2017, when the current sitting president called basically everyone who kneels a son of a bitch. Okay, right. He said that in week three of the 2017 NFL season and the Saints were on the road that game. Um, Ten players from the Saints knelt. Paul Tagliabue, former NFL commissioner, held an impromptu press conference in the Carolina Panthers uh, press box with all of us to go over his thoughts and his reaction to uh, President Trump's statements. And of course, after the game, because 10 players knelt, that's the question of the day, the question of the game. It didn't, never mind the fact that the Chiefs blew out the Carolina Panthers. It was what was up with the players kneeling. And of course, everybody goes to Drew Brees, who was the unquestioned leader of that locker room. Okay. And I will say this because I, I wrote the sidebar on that and I have it actually pulled up. And I'm going to read this verbatim of what Drew Brees said. Quote, let me say this first. Do I think there's inequality in this country? Yes, I do. Do I think that there's racism? Yes, I do. I think there's inequality for women in the workplace. I think there's inequality for people of color, for minorities, for immigrants. But as it pertains to the national anthem, I will always feel that if you are an American, that the national anthem is the opportunity for us to all stand together, to be unified and to show respect for our country. End quote. He basically regurgitated what he what his stance has always been but the problem Blair and and you will agree with this because you and I you know we were talking about this yesterday it's the timing of it you know yeah he had an opportunity as the years have gone by to to sit back and and probably soften that stance to be a little bit more understanding of, of his teammates here's the other interesting dynamic if I'm not mistaken this is the fourth straight year that he's had teammates who currently serve on the NFL's player coalition. The players coalition was born because of all the social injustice issues that we see popping up all around the, all around the country. And then obviously it, it has manifested to what we see today with outcries and protests throughout the country. Demario Davis serves on the, co- the players coalition. Tight end Benjamin Watson served on the Players Coalition, and even Malcolm Jenkins, who probably had the harshest criticism of his teammate. And Jenkins and Breeze go go back quite a few years. They were teammates in New Orleans before Jenkins took off, um, you know, signed with the Eagles. So the backlash, unfortunately or fortunately, depending on your point of view, is because of his stance. He hasn't softened it from, from the past, and it doesn't seem like he's learned from – or learn to soften it to, to, to be a little bit more understanding. And right. his statement 
today that he issued, his apology that he issued today, at least embrace that, that, yeah, he should have been more sensitive to everything that's going on. And that what really grabbed my attention there was Demario Davis. Demario Davis is so ingrained in that community in New Orleans. He's he's from Mississippi. He's an African-American and, and he's he really is at the forefront of, of the players coalition. For him to come out and say that's what leaders do, and for him to embrace Breeze, saying, "Yeah, I'm glad you find, I'm glad you get it," you know, that's that says a lot. And what, what's being lost here too, Breeze, in my opinion, you know, and I know a lot of a lot of people on both sides of the fence are, are calling him a racist and everything, and I, I just completely disagree with that. He just he just needs to understand that kneeling was never about the military. Kneeling was never about the flag. Kneeling was about to bring in awareness to social injustices. And, and, you know, I believe he at least he understands from the backlash from his teammates. And we're not talking about just regular teammates. We're talking about high profile teammates. We're talking about Michael. We're talking about Alvin Kamara. We're talking about Demario Davis. You know, we're talking about players from around the league for Aaron Rodgers to step to the plate and say it's never been about the troops. It's never been about the flag for Tyron Matthew to come out and, and remind Breeze, hey, you're in New Orleans. You represent the boot. You know, that says a lot that Breeze, you got to wake up here. It's, it's more than just that. And, and I think yeah. his apology this morning reflects that. I'm going to read a bit of that apology. So he, 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 he posted it on on Instagram. And the first thing he says is, I'd like to apologize to my friends, teammates in the city of New Orleans, the black community, NFL community, and anyone I hurt with my comments yesterday. Okay, so he sets it up, but here's, but then it, it, it finishes with this, um, and, he, and he says, "This is where I stand. I stand with the black community in the fight against systematic racial injustice and police brutality, and support the creation of real policy change that will make a difference." I condemn the years of oppression that have taken place throughout the black communities and still exist today. I acknowledge that we as Americans, including myself, have not done enough to fight for that equality or to truly understand the struggles and plight of the black community. I recognize that I'm part of the solution and can be a leader for the black community in this movement. I was never, I never, I will never know what it's like to be a black man or raise a black child in America, but I will work every day to put myself in those shoes and, and will fight for what is right. I have always been an ally, never an enemy. I'm sick of the way my comments were perceived yesterday, and I, but I take full responsibility and accountability. I recognize that I should have, that I should do less talking and more listening. And when the black community is talking about their pain, we all need to listen. For that, I'm very sorry, and I ask for your forgiveness. I'll tell you what, as apologies go, I think that's a hell of an apology. Absolutely. And it is a great apology because, you know, at least he understood. And and I guarantee you, you know, I, I don't know for sure, but I, I can almost guarantee you that so many of his – he's such close friends with, with guys like Lance Moore, Joe Horn. Joe Horn came to his defense on Twitter yesterday uh, and said, look, I know Drew. And obviously Chiefs fans should know who Joe Horn is because he played here. But, you know, Horn yeah, came yeah. to his defense and said, look, I, I know Breeze not just as a player but as a man. You know, it's the timing of it. You know, it was 100 percent the timing of it. We all knew, like in New Orleans, everyone in New Orleans knew where Breeze stood on this. OK, he was never going to back up kneeling for during the national anthem. And, and, and you know, and I hate to bring up my background into this, but, you know, I think it, it, I have to because, you know, 
I get why he feels that way. You know, my father was a Vietnam Vietnam War veteran. You know, I served 20 years and I understand where he's coming from, but where he was lost was the the demonstrations or excuse me, the kneeling was not against the military and was not against the flag. And that's that's where he got lost in the translation of it. And then again, the timing of his statement yesterday or the timing of the airing of the interview with with Yahoo Finance, whenever it happened, that just magnified it. Um, he just didn't right. get it. And, but he gets it now. We would he hope. Does. Based on the apology, we hope that he gets it now. Right. And the reason it came up during that Yahoo Finance interview was because he was asked, do you think we'll see more in light of the the protests um, that are you know, sweeping the country, will, do you think we'll see more uh, of the type of Colin Kaepernick reaction uh, that we saw three, four years ago with the kneeling? And that's when he, that's when he offered his answer. But you know, again, to, to draw on your New Orleans experience and just a little bit of history, Drew Brees in that city um, is not unlike you know we've got you know we've got Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City and we know what the love affair is for that dude in this town after what he's done in his three years in a Chiefs uniform. Well, it, it's every bit of that and more just because of the time that that Drew Brees has spent in that city and what that city has been through over the years. You know, winning the Super Bowl after you know a few years after Katrina and how he was seen as sort of the face of the of the team and the franchise and helping, you know, helping that, that, that city feel better about itself. And, and just recently in the last, you know, what, right after the, you know, sports shut down and the, and, and New Orleans and the state of Louisiana was hit pretty hard by the, by the pandemic, how he donated, was it 5 million bucks to, you know, from his, from his foundation to help deliver meals and whatever, whatever needed. This guy has just been, you know the ideal, the ideal uh, leader and, and face of a franchise, and and it is unfortunate for him that he expressed a view that seemed insensitive and not understanding in the moment. Um, but but if we are to believe his apology, and I choose to believe choose to believe it, that you know he. You know, he is going to he's going to learn from this. He had the type of reaction that I think most African-Americans want white Americans or white people to have. Right. You know, you've been harboring this this thought, these thoughts. And um, and that's not what you know, you, you don't understand and you don't know what the protests were about. And in Breeze in this apology seems to acknowledge that, you know, that maybe he was a little bit misguided in his thinking and has maybe turned a corner on, you know, on the way he should approach this. I, you know, I, I'm going to go back to Demario Davis. Demario Davis can call BS and see through BS with the best of them. And, and for him to publicly back him and for him, Demario Davis made the media tours Thursday morning with, you know, with the likes of CNN, MSNBC. And, and, you know, he spoke in support of Breeze. And I think that's, he believes him and, you know, like you, I'm going to give Breeze the benefit of the doubt. I covered the guy. I've been around him in the locker room. I've heard him talk about this very subject. And, and you know, it's I'm going to believe that he gets it. You know, I'm going to believe that he understood. He understands that he made a serious mistake with what he said yesterday in light of everything that's going on in the country right now. It was just horrible time. Yeah, and look, if, and if he does, and if this is true, which we which we hope it is, it's because of the powerful reaction from his teammates 
that later that day. I just thought that was, I mean, that, that was wow stuff to me to hear, to hear his teammates take to social media and call him out. You know, this is a guy that they, you know, they respect, look up to, and, you know, and, and they said it, you know, they said, we thought we knew you and, and, and they let him know and Breeze reacted to that. And that's exactly what a leader should do. So, Hey, so any other observations, Herbie, about um, just about the way that NFL, the NFL, NFL players have reacted to the protest? I think the NFL was a little bit behind other sports, um, the NBA for one, in, in addressing this. The teams made statements, but um, but uh, not as many. The NBA right out of the box was was really you know f- forefront on, on on this. But just as we as the week comes to a close, do you see any um, uh, the, the way the NFL has responded to this? What what are your thoughts on that? You know, and, I, and here we are, and I, you know, I prefaced before we even got on air. I was like, you know, let's I'm going to try my best to stay away from from politics but <laughs> just just when i thought it was out you pulled me back in <laughs> so that's just you i apologize more, you know i i can't give you a non-statement here because you know that I, I just think we're, we're at a time we're at a crossroads in our country where you know we, we have to speak up and so i'm going to speak up here i thought the nfl statement was bs i thought it was canned i, I didn't see anything in there that was genuine um it, it it, it, this all comes on the heels of how now it's come to light that Joe Lockhart, you know, he he, he posts that scathing op-ed. I don't, you know, I don't know if necessarily scathing is the right word, but an enlightening op-ed on how the league treated Colin Kaepernick. You know, it just basically right. it, it basically confirmed what everybody and their brother and sister knew just from watching from the outside, and then for them all of a sudden to say they back peaceful protests, but yet we we got a guy here who should have been on an NFL team, who, who was light years better than so many backups that we saw in the National Football League over the last two to three seasons. But, you know, let's, let's be honest here. The, the NFL, whether, you know, it was on purpose or not, you know, they basically blackballed them. And that's that, there's no right. other way to say it. So I thought their, I thought their statement was just so disingenuous. It, 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 just, it did nothing for me. And, you know, I, I agree with so many people. If you don't have anything to say, if you're not calling out the specific issues, then just don't issue a statement. I thought the chief statement was pretty good because they addressed the police brutality, um, the social injustices. You know, when they specifically mentioned words, you know, the buzzwords, the, the hot topic words. When you, when you mention words like police brutality and racism, then those are effective statements. The best one to me was, and I hate to go back to New Orleans again, but, but Gail Benson. She gets it. Her statement was just phenomenal. We do not stand for police brutality. We do not stand for racism. Good for you, Gail. You know, but it also helps that the Saints are are very involved in the community because of Demario Davis, you know, and because of Benjamin Watson. They were so involved in so many player coalition um, initiatives, and it had the full backing of Gail Benson. I just honestly believe if you don't have anything to say in the statement, then just don't say anything at all, because we can see what's what's real. We can see what's genuine, you know, and that was my whole thing with the NFL. Right. statement. I was like, I'm, I'm just. I was so underwhelmed. 
Yeah, and the tone comes from the top, right? The tone. The, it said the tone. The top sets the tone for the whole thing, and um, uh, and sometimes it's up to the, you know, the individual owners, the teams to to go beyond what what the league is league is saying, and so um, it's it's a. You're right. We're in a we're in a we're in a place where you, you need to you know when asked anyway speak up and and um, and, and 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 hopefully that uh, you know put it out there and that's what sports. You know, sports does that. You know, there there are um, uh, it's visible, right? Yeah, and people want to know. People want to know what Patrick Mahomes or the Chiefs think about an issue like this. And here's the crazy thing about all this, because you know, I always Andy Reid has always said sports is a microcosm of society, and he's absolutely correct. You know, he hasn't addressed this issue, but he has made that statement before in the past. Sports is a microcosm of society. So when I hear people telling me stick to sports. You can't tell it. I'm human. okay. and you can't tell athletes to stick to sports because they're human. So, you know, to the stick to sports crowd, I would just say, wake up, you know, because you're not being part of the solution. You're still going to remain part of the problem. There you go. All right. Let's take a quick break. When we come back, there are a couple little football topics I wanted to ask Herbie about. Hey, it's Blair. We have a special subscription offer for Sportsbeat KC listeners unlimited digital access to the Kansas City Star's award-winning sports coverage. Sign up now for one year of Sports Pass for access to all the sports news, features, and columns presented on the KansasCity.com site, and it's only $30. That's a 40% savings off our regular rate. Your subscription will automatically renew after the initial term at $50 unless you tell us to cancel. Your subscription helps support the sports coverage of KansasCity.com and the Kansas City Star, and that support has never been more important. Please visit KansasCity.com slash offer to get this special offer. And as always, thanks for listening. Okay, we're back with Herbie Teope, the Chiefs beat writer for the Kansas City Star. And Herbie, a little news this morning comes down from, from the top. Um, looks like coaches are going to be allowed back into the practice facility starting tomorrow on Friday. They have not been there. So I guess that means uh, Zoom calls will continue, but we won't see Andy Reid's den or basement or wherever <laughs> wherever he's doing his work uh, these days. Um, but what's the significance? Haircut, he's got to compliment my haircut. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> So what's what's the significance? It's progress, right? I mean, that's it's a step. The coaches yeah. are back in the in the building, but that's all it is right now. It's a step because you know the the only team I reached out to the league. The league got back to me. They sent me the full statement, and then they also said the only team that they anticipate this affecting are the San Francisco 49ers um, as the only team not able to get into their training facility. But the key is you have to go. Um, with the state and local government's policies and their protocols to reopen, okay? The Chiefs sit in Jackson County. Uh, Governor Mike Parsons recently extended phase one, re- or excuse me, phase two of the reopening plan to June 15. So even though the NFL is allowing teams to send their coaches in, the local government policy is not going to allow the coaches in there because that, that the reopening plan was extended to June 15. Uh, okay. Okay. So we're not going to see. So in the end, it's the NFL that's allowing uh, coaches in, but it won't happen here for another right. couple of weeks. Yeah, because the key language in there, and I quote, has otherwise received necessary permission from state and local governments to reopen its facilities, end quote. 
And the bottom line is the Chiefs are in Jackson County. Jackson County amended their opening plan to fall in line with Governor Mike Parson's reopening plan, which was, of course, extended to June 15th. Okay. And something else, we didn't get to talk to you about this earlier in the week, but uh, no no Missouri Western for the Chiefs this year. There are, you know, the NFL has decreed that uh, the training camps will occur only uh, at team facilities. The, the majority of NFL teams do train at home. Uh, the Chiefs are one in the minority that does not train at home. They do that because Andy Reid loves going to St. Joe and uh, and having his team together and in, in, in that's away from this area. So, um, look, I don't know. I, where a team trains, I don't think, is a, you know, is a significant thing. But it, the optics are, you know, this is something the Chiefs would have wanted to do. They signed a contract to stay in St. Joseph with a, you know, for another couple years with an extension through, I think, 2024. They're not going to get to do that this year. Any, you know, anything, what's your comment on that? Is there any, any significance to, to the Chiefs not being able to practice or train at St. Joe's? No, I don't think there's any significance. Football is football, regardless where you do it. They, they could do it at, at uh, <laughs> you know, one of the high, local high schools. They can practice on that field there. The only thing that it, that it affects is obviously the retail part of it, because you're not going to be able to have a, a boatload of sales of Chiefs gear or anything like that for the fans. You're not going to be practicing in front of fans. And quite frankly, the Chiefs probably, you know, they would probably want that because, you don't want to give away too much. You're the defending Super Bowl champion. You don't want to like have everybody have their eyes on what you're what you're working on. Um, from a media <laughs> point of view, I'm still interested to see what the plan is for coverage. You know, it's it's we're, you know, we're still in the in the COVID nineteen coronavirus pandemic environment, and we don't have a vaccine. So it's it's going to be interesting to see how they allow us as the media to cover the training camps because I'm mean, certainly they don't want us to be around the players. So access is, is something that I'm, I'm curious to see about. Yeah, I am too. They're, they're not going to want the, the type of interaction that we see with players at, you know, in, in the pre-pandemic world, you know, players signing autographs to, to with fans uh, and, you know, addressing media at either at the podium or individually one-on-ones. Those are the types of interactions that are just not going to happen. Um, not, not this year. Not until the vaccine is is in place and other health measures are, you know, are satisfied. So that that is going to be different for for the Chiefs and 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 all NFL teams. So, Herbie, uh, you're the best, and I really appreciate you spending some time with us. And we'll talk to you again soon. That'll do it for today. Thanks to our production staff of Derek Donovan, Savannah Smith, Randy Mason, Beth Welsh, Jeff Rosen, and Chris Fickett. A tip of the cap to Herbie Teope for joining me today and lending his expertise on the Saints, the NFL, and the Chiefs. Links to the stories about the Chiefs can be found in the show notes and always on the Red Zone Extra app. Hey, earlier in the episode, you heard me talk about the Sports Pass offer. It still stands, and it's a good one, 30 bucks for a year's worth of sports coverage, and that includes the Sports Extra with the E-Edition. There's 25 additional pages of national sports coverage today. Here's an even better offer. Buy the entire Kansas City Star product. Sports news, features, commentary, analysis, the whole thing. You get all the stories written by my incredibly talented colleagues, plus extra news, sports, and business coverage. The details can be found at account.kansascity.com slash subscribe. That's account.kansascity.com. 
kansascity.com slash subscribe. And whether it's the Sports Pass or the full subscription, you're getting and supporting the best sports and news coverage in Kansas City and helping us produce programs like Sports BKC. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you again on Friday.